The following is a podcast from One Community Church. Join us as Pastor Joel Hendricks shares this week's message. Uh, thank you, worship team, and thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, always uh, powerful uh, when you're in His presence, and a lot of churches are scared of that. Uh, I uh, am excited uh, about the series we're in. I'm excited about next month, uh, Ghost Stories. Uh, some of you may tell your own ghost stories, but uh, I'm excited about it. I get around folks and start preaching about uh, next, next month's series. You know, like, hold up, slow down, let you know, we get through this month. And so um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the direction our, our community is going and what God is, is doing and the people he's bringing here. And, and uh, it's, just, it's just a beautiful thing uh, when you're obedient, when you're humble before the Lord and just let him have his way. Uh, it is it is the greatest place that you can live, and so anyway, uh, Pastor Bradley on keyboard today, man. Uh, telling you, we got a multitude of talent in this place. Multitude of talent in this place. I don't know about giving him a hand or anything. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, no, man. It's just crazy how how God is so gifted to people to shift and and step up and step in and step out for a while and step back. I mean, it's just really cool what God is doing. I'd love to have that ability, but uh, as you know, and if you've been around me or caught me with my mic still on, I can't sing, so uh, I'll just stick to preaching. Uh, You have your Bible with you today? Do you have it with you, a smartphone, whatever it is that you carry your word with you? Okay, I would encourage you to uh, check me out and make sure that I'm preaching the word. If you do not, we put them on the screen for you. I'm uh, going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I say this all the time. I guess we'll stop saying it because I've done it several times now. I, I'm actually going to give you two different texts today. Uh, they are similar, okay? Actually, they're about the same story. They're from two different perspectives, though, and you'll understand why as we preach through them. Uh, we introduced this uh, series last Sunday, uh, Follow. Uh, it is not original with me. It's really nothing original under the sun, but this is where the Holy Spirit is leading me and that and challenging me, and we discovered a few things, and I'm going to give you the text in just a moment, but let's do some introductory work for those of you that may not have been here last week, or that you didn't know that you could download the app, or podcast, or YouTube, or any of those things that are available, so let me just bring you up to speed. This thing called follow, I wanted to challenge us, and really the status quo, and the major thoughts that I give you last week is that that God, well, we watch in him when he calls Matthew, do the uncommon. I mean, that's, that's just how we should live. We should be uncommon in a common world. You see, a tax collector was the lowest of lows. I told you this, and I'm not going to go all through the sermon again, but, but a, a, a sinner, let's just say a murderer, or any, any, any kind of sin you can think of, they could literally say, well, at least I'm not a tax collector. That's how bad the tax collectors were viewed. But Jesus says, hey, I want you to follow me. As a matter of fact, I'll meet you where you are. I want to go to your house. And, uh, and while they were at his house uh, with tax collectors and other tax collectors and, and, and sinners, uh, they realized uh, uh, the obvious because Jesus always states the obvious that, hey, you are sick and they are healthy and I've come for the sick and not the healthy. And so they realized that just like you and I don't need anybody to point it out in our life that there's something missing. There's this sickness about us. And I'm not going to be that old school guy that says, it's sin, bless God, it's sin. It, it, it is, okay? But, but you don't need me to point that out. You, you know that void there that you, you keep trying to fill with the common things of this world like drugs and alcohol and, and, and relationships and hobbies and, and overtime and, 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 and on and on and on and on the list goes, all right? But there's still that emptiness. And every time you get under the word or get around, the word, whether it's through somebody or you hear it on TV, hear it on the radio, you're always reminded of the obvious because Jesus states the obvious. 
and he always does the uncommon. And so we learned these two things that were startling if you, if you, if you really stop and think about it for a moment. Are you with me? Say amen. Last week, I promise you, it's important that you get it as we go into this next step, which is the message today. We learned these two truths. We learned that, first of all, that just because you're a sinner does not disqualify you from following Jesus. As a matter of fact, we discovered that it is what? It is a prerequisite. It is all, it, it is all that it's about. It's that you are a sinner, and that is not something that disqualifies you from following Jesus. That actually makes you, well, a perfect candidate to follow Jesus. The second big thing that I, I think, and again, this was mind-blowing, you know, if you've seen the turtle movie, all right, just, just blows your mind, blew my mind, is that it really don't even matter. You listening to me? It, it really does not matter how you behave, because see, sin is not a barrier, not a stop. It also, it really doesn't matter what you believe. Now, for some will go, what? It doesn't matter what you believe. Jesus simply says this, all right? I want you to follow me. And if you read it and you study, even two years into following Jesus, he's always rebuking them or getting on to them or correcting them for their lack of belief. You see that in the Scripture all the time. He goes back and he calls Peter Simon because he's acting more like his old self than who he was changed into, the, uh, Peter, the rock. The, anyway, it's not a, 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 a hindrance from you following the Lord. Some of you would be like this, I don't know about that faith stuff. I don't even know about Jesus, man. I, I, I'm not real sure. Great. All Jesus says, well, just come and follow me. All you got to have is, is, is a desire. I desire to know more about Jesus. And we use the little Twitter thing, the social network stuff. We follow people. Some of you follow just to stalk, all right? But, but we follow people so that we can know more about them, so that we can know more about maybe what they offer as, as far as in, in certain areas of life or the world. Well, Jesus says, I, I offer you the keys, all right? I offer you eternity. I offer you these things. And all I want you to do is desire to know more about me. And all that takes is for you to follow me. Watch what I do. And he says this. He's so bold to say, I, I, even if you say, I don't believe the Bible. I sure don't behave right. I'm not, I'm not good enough. And, and I don't even believe the Bible. He, he, he just does this. And, and I, I translate it this way. I double dog dare you just to pick the Bible up and start reading. I dare you. You say, I don't believe that nonsense. Okay, I got that. We got that out of the way. We've established that, man. I just dare you to pick it up and start reading. Just follow after him. Because see, what he does that's uncommon is, is what is opposite of the world. The world says every country club, every, every little club, every little popular thing is this. Well, to join us, you've got to meet these standards or change, and then you can join us. Where Jesus says, hey, just join me, and then I'll show you the change. And so that leads us. That's, that's where we start. That's our launching place. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't even matter how you behave. So get that off the table. I've, I've answered those things, all right? Get that out of the way. And so it leads us to this. Well, what's next? What's the next step? And so I want to show you that in the Scripture. If you have your Bible open or your smartphone, I want you to turn first with me to Matthew's account of this story, Matthew chapter 4. 18 through 22, Matthew 4, 18 through 22. They'll be on the big screen. Uh, for those of you that do not have your Bible with you or don't have your smartphone, it's not to beat you up, make you feel less of a person <laughs> because you don't have your Bible with you, okay? That's just not what I mean that by, all right? Uh, most of you are familiar with the story, and I'm going to show you two. I'm going to show you Matthew's account, and then I'm going to show you Luke's account, and I'm going to explain why I showed you the two different accounts, okay? So let's just start reading together. Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22, we're talking about following Jesus, taking the next step, and here we go. As Jesus was walking beside, beside the Sea of Galilee, 
he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were cast through their nets in the lake, for they were fishermen. <laughs> Thank you for telling us. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, this is, this is pivotal for you to get this in this juncture of the lesson this morning. At once they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, which we know that's their father, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. Verse 22, another pivotal verse in this juncture. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Here's the scene. You with me? Say amen. (laughs) Here's the scene. Matthew, we know, right? And if you don't, I'm going to educate you on this, not to flex my educational muscle, all right? Because that's very weak, okay? But I I just want to know I've done my homework. Matthew writes to primarily a Jewish audience, okay? That's just, that's it. I've taught you this. Every time I usually preach from Matthew, I talk about how it gives you the lineage of Jesus right off the bat. It shows his rightful heir to the throne of David, how he's the true king of kings and lord of lords, and, and, and we know that. He's writing to a Jewish audience. So in Matthew's account, he's not wrong in this account, but the scene is this. He's telling it or writing it to Jews that what are they supposed to have? They're supposed to already have strong faith because from the time they were born, they, they've had to memorize the, the Torah. They've had to go through all these things, so they're supposed to be people of, of, of strong faith. And so when we read this, this, this following Jesus in this scenario, it, it, it kind of leaves us like, Really? And if it don't, I guarantee you, if you listen to me for a few moments, you will actually look at this different than you've ever looked at it before. Because every time I'd preached it before, because I am that preacher that has preached this before, it's like, you've got to forsake all and follow him immediately. And so when we look at it like that, and again, he's writing to people that didn't need a lot of details because they're supposed to have strong faith already, understanding who Jesus is, even though they didn't really get it. This is what he's writing, and, 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 and what it leaves us with, it leaves us with an unrealistic view of following Christ. As a matter of fact, when he says that they, that it's, this is how Matthew portrays this story. This is the scene. These guys are fishing. Jesus walks by them. In that moment, he calls them out, and they immediately leave everything. And, and I want you to get this, all right? To me, looking at it now through the lenses of the Holy Ghost leading me, it does not look spiritual to me. As a matter of fact, if you look closely at it, it looks almost irresponsible. You mean to tell me that they are supposed to leave their job, their career, everything, all their... All, it, some of you are going to go, bless God, they are. You're supposed to leave it all. I'm, I'm going to get there, okay? For all you religious folks, I'm going to get there, all right? But it looks irresponsible to me. I mean, just, I mean let's just put ourselves in the 21st century in that scene, okay? Here are Peter... And here are the, the brothers, and, and they're with their dad, the business. And, 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 and then according to this, here is this guy in, in sandals and long hair, walk by and say, yo, follow me. And they say to dad, check you later. See you. Good luck with that business. It doesn't look so spiritual when you put it in that context. It looks almost irresponsible. Like Jesus is saying, it didn't matter about all that other stuff. Is it, is it, it doesn't matter about all those things. It doesn't matter about what you think. It's, it's do this. Now, stay with me. It, it, and I've said this before, and so I'm, I'm preaching my heart this morning. It, it, is, it is the mentality that, I, and I, I believe I even 
tweeted this or posted it somewhere even a couple of weeks ago. Listen to this statement, and you, I promise you it'll click on this. Here's what it, here's what it breathes. If, if he is not Lord of all, well, then he's not Lord at all. And let's be real clear and let's be real honest this morning, church. There are a bunch of people that would fall in the latter half of that statement. Well, I guess he's just going to have to be for somebody else. I guess it is, well, he's not Lord at all. And so if we read that about following Jesus in its context right there from Matthew's account, not that he got it wrong, but if we grew up in this setting that, listen, you've got to forsake everything and you've got to follow Jesus and you've got to do it immediately, then it leaves us with an unrealistic, almost irresponsible sense to follow Jesus. If he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. And some of us would say, if not most of us, then I guess he's just going to have to be not at all. Because, man, I'm still struggling with this. Are you, are you picking up what I'm laying down? And I promise you, this, this is introduction. I, I promise you I'm going somewhere. But I want you to get this in your heart and not your head. Because this will absolutely liberate you. See, you can't do it like that. It just doesn't stop. It's, it's like a cruise ship, all right? It's like this giant cruise ship. The captain don't say, okay, we need to turn left, and then all of a sudden, they turn left on a dime. Man, they, they got to start preparing miles before. They got to slowly turn that big barge, that big ship around. And so, and so following Jesus, isn't it a process? Haven't you heard that before? Isn't that, but when you stop and think about it like that, isn't that almost contradictory to this very statement that if he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all? But it, what about the process? Like, I'm good in this area, but I'm still struggling over here. Now, don't look at me piously like I'm the only one that has those issues. I'm good with giving this, but man, I'm, I, I don't know that I'm ready for that. I, I, I know I'm supposed to love my neighbors, but, and I can do that, but I don't know about my enemies. Now you're picking up what I'm laying down. And so if, if you can't do all of these things, and if that pastor or this people around you make you feel like that it's got to be this hard line in the sand, and you leave all this behind, even family members, and you go all out for him, you go all out for him, and if you feel like you can't do that, then you automatically feel like you're a failure, and you can't ever be in the faith. I'm here to give you good news this morning. That's not the case at all. Because, see, where Matthew's writing to a Jewish audience that didn't need a lot of details because they're supposed to already have strong faith. They're already supposed to have big faith and understand that this is what he's meaning. And that, and that, and that it's not exactly like what you just see here. And so what I want to do now is if you have your Bible, or you can just, you can just watch it on the screen, okay? All right, I, I, I want you to stay in the, in, I don't want to quench the spirit, but I, I want to give you our key text. I want to give you Luke's. Version of this. This is, this is after Luke's investigation. I, I want you to, to look at Luke 5, 1 through 11. You still with me? Amen? Because some of you messed up. You're going, wait a minute. This is to make sense. All my life I've heard, man, it, it's, you got to cut the ties. You got to right now. You got to get all right right now. But you listen, I'm really going to mess you up next month when I talk about the Holy Ghost and how there's a difference between when you get the Holy Ghost at salvation and then being baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit. We'll mess you up. All right, here we go. Some of you are going, I ain't coming back. <laughs> it's okay. Hang on. You're here this morning, so let me get you while you're here. Here we go. 
Here's Luke's account. <laughs> Welcome to one. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of what? Uh, it's, I'm just messing with you. It's the Sea of Galilee. Just a different way of saying it. I'm just messing with you. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Well, Matthew, he didn't tell us that. He saw Jesus at the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Peter. It says Simon here, but we know he would change his name to Peter just so that you stay with me, okay? And asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Verse four, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, or Peter answered, master, you know, kind of like Jedi, you know, this is not like Lord, this is, this is just a good teacher, this is like, you know, the force be with you, okay, all right, you know, uh, master, <laughs> we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, I love this, but because you say so, I will let down the nets, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, now watch this, watch the, really, remember, guess why it was so important for you to get the intro. He points out the obvious, he states the obvious. Go away, this is what Peter says. Go away from me, Lord. Now, there's a shift in words there. You get that, right? You're an educated bunch. From where he just says, you know, hey, you know, Jedi, master, <laughs> Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companies were astonished, stood in awe. This is the last time we stood in awe of what God's mighty power did in our presence. They were astonished, astonished, astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. In verse 10, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Now, verse 11, you with me? So they pulled their boats up on shore left everything, and followed him. You see the difference? You see the difference? Say amen. If you don't, I'm going to teach them to you in just a moment, okay? <laughs> so hang on. Somebody going, come on, man. That's why we pay you, right? No. Um, very different setting. What was Luke's profession? He was a doctor, all right? By trade, he was a I need a little interaction. Wake up. You with me? You good? It's hard to see you out there, so I want you to, and I don't want to see you, okay? But uh, I meant that in a positive way so the guys wouldn't go scrambling for the lights. Uh, it's hard to see you, but, but, but he was a doctor. And, and I don't know how many doctors you know. I know a few doctors. Uh, we have those, uh, you know, around us. And, 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 and uh, well, doctors, man, they, they do their homework. They, they investigate. And see, what Luke has done here is he's investigated. He's asked questions. He's, he's, he's interviewed people. 
You know, he, he's, he's, he's making sure that he's got the story. And so he's writing and he's talking to the Gentiles, you know, people like me and people like you that, that, that don't have that, that great of faith that, that need more detail to this thing called following Jesus, or we call it Christianity. And so he, he gives them more detail. And, and so that's why we see the difference there in the two different, the same story, but two different writings. And, and I love it because I believe what we see here, you watch this, it's not necessarily just the scene. Cause see, 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 Matthew, he gives us the scene, but, but, but what, what we see here is the stages. Y'all following me? We see the stages. And I believe this gives us about four different stages to our faith in following Jesus. All right? And I'm going to break them down very quickly for you. I I think here's the stages. I think the first one is this. Stage one, some of you are there, especially if you're here this morning, is sit, listen, and ask questions. Sit, listen, and ask questions. You see, what Matthew didn't tell us is that Jesus had been preaching. What Luke gets is that, hey, he was so crowded with people because he'd been preaching the word of God and they were pressing in on him to hear because, listen, he, he had multiplied and he was a miracle worker and all this and he was a great, listen, we want to hear what he's got to say. And so he's teaching them the word of God. And then it says that he bars the boat, he goes out a little bit, he sits down the boat and he continues to teach them, so he preach. And so the, the stage one to following Christ, to, 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 to doing this journey, that next step for some of you is just to sit Listen and ask questions. Any, can, you with me? Please, please, please get this. Any religious minister, prophet, apostle, bishop, whatever they call themselves, if, if, if they are challenged by you asking questions and they make you feel like you can't ask questions, I would leave there quickly. Because any religion that you can't ask questions, man, I don't believe that it's Christianity or based on the truth. Because, see, Christianity is not a blind faith. It is an informed faith. It is everything we need. There's 66 canonized books in my Bible. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying? I know the Catholics have the Apocrypha, and I'm not knocking the Catholics. But we got 66 that were canonized, which means they were recognized with authority. And we declare them. They are the truth, and they will set you free. And anytime you got any question, you should be able to ask that question. People will live under this influence. There again, cut all ties and follow. Never doubt God. Never question God. I disagree with that with all of my heart based on the Scripture. And those that seem mightier than me in the Lord, even John the Baptist, you've heard me say it a million times, in the dungeon fixing to have his head cut off, sends his disciples to say, Jesus, are you the real deal? Or should we be looking for someone else? There is nothing wrong with asking questions. And the fact that you're here, or those that will watch by video or listen by podcast, the very fact that you would do that shows that you're in that first stage of following Christ, that you want to sit, listen, and ask questions. Some of you, man, you ask questions. Pastor Bradley will tell you, he did this morning, he said, you know, because you get around me, I'm going to, I'm going to just ooze the, the sermons that are in my heart and what I've been studying. And he said, I got some questions about this Holy Spirit. I got, you know, and so he's been studying and he's got questions and, and I don't have the answers for all of them. I don't have the answers for all that you asked me because you inboxed me. And, and, and some of you know that I try to shoot you right back with the scripture and the basis of what, it, and what this says and not my opinion. And I'm just trying to tell you that don't be discouraged if you're still at that stage where you're just going to sit Listen and ask questions. Because, see, the Bible even teaches us, I know you're going to get it. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So stage one is simply sitting and listening. See, we look at Matthew's account, and if we're not careful and just read it or just hear it preached, it's like he just said, follow me, and they followed. 
What they leave out is the, is the time that he was preaching his sermon, the crowd that pressed in, and how he was breaking the word of God down and answering questions. And you say, wait a minute, they didn't have a, 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 a raising hand or a, a, no, no, no. He was answering questions because he was the truth. He had all the answers. And so he was preaching and they were asking their questions in their heart and their mind. And he knew that because he was fully God. And God says, listen, I can answer any question you got. That doesn't mean I will answer it, but you can ask anything you want. Listen to me. And so stage one of following Christ in that next step is sitting, listening. It it begins with information. Faith comes by hearing. Stage two is this, all right? You listening to me? Stage two is a little bit deeper, and and I promise you it's based all on Luke's account of this, all right? Stage two is, is the stage where you loan him your boat, you loan him your boat. It's the stage where, in verse 3, he says, okay, all right, I'm using your boat for a pulpit, all right, and I need you to put out a little bit more. And I love how the, even the NIV says to put out because, see, what I want to talk to you about is stage 2 is you go from sitting, listening, and asking questions because you're beginning to get those answers. You feel the Spirit moving every Sunday. Every time you get into the Word, those same things are there. He answers them the same way. He doesn't ever change. He's always got the same answer. He's always truth. He's always righteous. And so you've been sitting for a long time. So you've been sitting way too long. You've been sitting and listening. And so you're ready for the next step and following Christ. And so he says, can I borrow your boat? Will you put, put out a little bit deeper? And some of you say, wait a minute, that just puts me out, period. Don't inconvenience me. I'm good sitting right there, but don't ask me to go by the road and wave. Y'all right, that, that was just a little, <laughs> I just, let me throw that out there real quick while I'm in there. <laughs> Wesley, let me throw that out while I'm in that neighborhood. Right, I'll send my kids over there, but don't ask me to volunteer. I'm just, okay, I'll stop that, okay? I'm, I'll stop, I'm sorry. Inconvenience. to push us past the status quo, to do something that's uncommon. See, the, stage one is sitting, listening, ask questions, listen to the word of God. Stage two is, okay, now, let me loan in my boat. Can I borrow your boat? And here's the thing, here's where, here's where the rubber hits the road, just like it did in this, in this story, same in the 21st century for us. The timing was not right. It wasn't convenient. What were they doing when Jesus walks up? Both accounts get this. I mean, or, or, or Luke's account get this. What, what were they doing? Let, okay, let me remind you. They were cleaning their nets, washing their nets. And I don't want you to think, I don't want you to get, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. And, and my dad's still an avid bass fisher. And he had this little, this little net when, when he hung those, you know, four plus pound and up, large mouth. That he'd say, son, get the net. I mean, get it now. And I'd, I'd try to, you know, drop my crackers and my Coke because I was only out there to eat crackers and drink Coke. And, uh, and once those run out, I was ready to go home. Not that you ever had that problem as a kid. And so I'd grab that net. And I don't want you to get it twisted. And he's talking about some little net in a bass boat. No, no, no. He's talking about these giant woven nets that they would cast out in the night. And so they'd bring them in the morning and they would let them dry out. And they would clean them. They, you know, they would get like the boots out of it, the beer cans and the, the Mountain Dew bottles out of the net from where they'd been fished to get all the trash out. It's a lot of work. Man, I've been up all night and fished. And so here's, here's what God is saying. He's saying that stage two, that next step for some of you is, listen, you, you've been listening to the word of God for years. As a matter of fact, you could tell me the answers to the questions before I asked them. You just know us so much. But it's time for you to take that next step. And, and listen, I know the timing's not right. 
I know you said, wait a minute, I'm tired. Listen, I, I, not now, maybe later, not now. But this is the step two in following Christ. This is that next step for some of you. It's to say, even if it's an inconvenience, God, I'm, I'm going to follow you. The timing will never be right, by the way. And you will never feel like, this is why it's so important you get these messages consecutively. If you don't, go back and get them. We, 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 we provide them for you. You're always going to feel like you're not worthy. You don't need me to remind you of that. I'm not that preacher. I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to rightly divide. I'm going to preach it just, just like you see it. I'm, I'm going to, I, I promise you I'm not a compromising minister, but I am not the minister no longer in my life that when you show up, I'm going to beat you up because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner just like you. So if we want to beat each other up, let's do that. Here, you're free. We accept you just like you are. It's not us that does the changing. It's Christ that does the changing. You will never be, you will never be good enough. You will, you say, thank you for telling me that today. Woo, I'm glad I got out of bed to hear that one. (laughs) You will never be good enough. You will screw up over and over again. But for his matchless grace, timing will never be right for you. Stop putting it off. That's what I'm trying to get at. And yes, it will feel like an inconvenience, but if you hold on, I got two more steps for you. And just because you hadn't got to this does not make you a failure. It doesn't make you a failure. Step one, sit, listen, ask questions, ask your questions. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you ever get over this step, but that's step one. Step two is, hey, let me borrow you a boat. Let, let, me, let me borrow you a boat. Can, can, can I borrow you a boat for a little while? Let me inconvenience you. Step three, now, this is cool right here. If you get nothing else, I want you to listen from this point on because this is the pivot in the message. This is, this, is, this is the absolute most important thing that you get in your journey is that he says, I want you to sit and listen. I don't expect you to just dive right in. Measure how deep it is. Test me. Know that I'm God. Tithe, watch me open the windows of heaven and pour out. The book of Malachi teaches us. Hey, ask me those questions. Trust me that way. Here's here's what it is. Let me inconvenience you. Let me get you farther. Let me bring you deeper than you think you can go. Let let me show you that I do have a plan for you. And all I'm asking you, you don't even have to believe it. You you don't even have to to behave right. I just want you to follow me. I just want to inconvenience you a little bit because it's going to be a little bit scary to go into the deeper part. And I want you to do this with me. And here's stage three. Here's, Here's the next step of faith. This is the take him fishing stage. Take him fishing stage. We find that in the rest of the verses, verses 4 through 11. And watch this. This is, this is it. He says, he says to Peter, now, once he's done teaching, once he's allowed in to borrow his boat, he said, now, stage three, now, I want you to cast your nets on this side at this time. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. I love this. I want you to do something. I want you to do something that you've done a thousand times. I want you to do something you've done a thousand times, but this time, I want you to do it my way. I'm not asking you to go to another sea. I'm not asking you to change boats. I don't ask you to get another net. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you to change your language. I'm not asking you to change your dress. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to do the same thing you've done a thousand times before. But this time, I want you to follow my lead. I want you to do it my way. 
I want you to take me fishing. And, and, and I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what Peter was thinking, but, but let's just stop a moment, put ourselves in Peter's position. He, he, he says, uh, let's go fishing. Can you think for a moment he might have said, well, that's just like a carpenter. He don't know nothing about fishing. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine it? He, 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 he said, God, I see myself in this. Well, that was a great sermon, but you don't have a clue about fishing. I mean, preacher, that's good. I'll amen it. I'll give to it, but you don't have a clue about what I'm going through. You don't have a clue what it's like to be me. You don't know what it's like to wake up every day where I wake up. You don't know what it's like to feel how I feel. You don't have a clue what it's like. If you want to inconvenience me, you don't know a thing about that. I'm telling you, this is what Jesus is saying to me and to you. I'm not asking you to do anything different. Go to the same marriage. Go to the same plant. Go to the same neighborhood. Go to the same school. Go to the same job. Go to the same football field. But this time... Do what you've done a thousand times before, but this time, do it my way. He don't have a clue. And and watch this. This is how some of us feel, too. I imagine Peter said, they'll think I'm crazy. If I, because you remember in context what's going on, right? Why did he have to borrow Peter's boat? Because there was a crowd. He was preaching. It was all kind of a multitude there, right? And so, and so he's saying, listen, Peter's saying, oh, wait a minute, that's a good sermon. You don't know. You, you, just like God, I don't know nothing about this. And on top of that, I'll look like a plum, crazy fool. Because it was not customary. It was uncommon to go fishing in the daytime. You see, the Sea of Galilee is a very deep sea. And anybody who knows anything about fishing knows that the fish like the colder water, so they would fish at night because the fish would come closer to the surface. But during the day when the sun would get over, that area would be very hot, and the fish would go where? Deep. And so it made no sense for them to go fish, especially if they, after they fished all night. You know, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I, this is an inconvenience, but I'm, I'm not asking you to do anything. I, I know it's uncommon, but if you'll do it my way... But I'll look foolish in just a moment if I walk that out. I'll look foolish next week if I get up there. They already think I'm saved. They already think I've been baptized. They, they already think these things. I'm not going to get in the tank next week up here. I mean, they'll think I'm crazy at my job. I'll be an outcast at my job. My home, I, my wife, my husband, my, I, what? All those excuses. And he said, I'm not asking you to do anything different. Just do it my way. Even if you feel like... It's crazy. You see, the major thing here, the major issue is can I trust Jesus? Now, here, here, be, let's be careful because we'd be like, amen, I trust him. I'm like Job, yet though he slay me, I trust him. And I see you look very closely at your checking account before you give. Now you say, wait a minute, that's a cheap shot preaching. I'm just preaching from my life. Or you'll go, like, maybe you don't have this problem, but I go to my wallet and I know that, well, I got an extra hundred, so what's 10% of that class? $10. Well, the kids got it quick. $10. 
But I go to my wallet, and there's not a $10 bill in there. But there's a 20 in there. Uh, okay, I'll go make change, Jesus. <laughs> and on the way to make change, he's like, I want the 20. You see, you think I'm preaching over your head. I'm preaching where you live because I live there too. You see, the big issue is not about fish. The big issue is not about embarrassment and they're going to think you're crazy. Heck, they already think you're crazy. They're just not willing to tell you to your face. They leave your name off the post. They delete you. Whisper around the corner. It's not where they think you're crazy, where they think this is a hokey-pokey church. Big issues, well, can I trust him? Because I'm not quite there yet, but can I trust him? You, you, you pick it up what I'm laying down. And I love what he says. I love what he says. Peter says, and I imagine he, all these thoughts go through his mind, and we laugh at him, but I, really, I see myself there. And I, I imagine he looks around, and there's like, you know, I, some say Peter was married, and, you know, and, and, we, and we know that, and there's some historical setting, but can you, you imagine, and he's like, you know, that's a fine chick over there, man. If, she's, if I go down, I mean, she's going to think I'm a, you know, I mean, I, you know, and, and all these things go through our mind. And I love what he says. Okay, I know you don't know anything about fishing, and I may look like a fool. But because you say so, not because I'm a good guy, because I'm a, well, I'm a sinner. And not because, not because I, I believe everything quite like, but because you say so. And let me ask you something, class, in this very sober spirit. Just think for a moment. The impact of that one itty-bitty decision that his faith, tiny, doubtful, very skeptical decision intersected with God's matchless, infinite faith. Imagine what would happen if he didn't choose on the day of Pentecost, full of the Holy Ghost, Peter stands up and preaches boldly, and the thousands get saved. There's a, there's a, 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 a monument where he's buried. Do you, you, do you, have you ever seen pictures of it? It would take over 100 years to build this monument. It, it, it has some of the greatest artwork. It, it was the height of the Renaissance, all right? St. Peter's, anyway, in that moment, imagine if he said, now, Peter, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> He'd have been like, yeah, you can have a boat and everything. Let's go. No, he didn't know any of that. Simple, skeptical faith that didn't behave right nor even believe completely. He said, because you say so. And what happens next? It's a miraculous catch. Here's the thing, and I'm winding down. Stay with me, please. That single act of faith, itty-bitty, tiny, skeptical, behaving bad, but just, okay, because you say so, 
Not because, not because, here, yeah, okay, all right, all right. There was this miraculous catch where it fills his boat. He calls his partners. It fills it. They're almost going to sink and go back. And here's what's really neat about this is that in this moment, in this moment, you don't, say, you don't see Peter yelling back, hey, hey, Dad, hey, go, go buy an ice truck. Dad, we can take the next four weeks off. Look at all this fish. We, we don't see him saying any of that. We, we don't see him bragging on the fish because, see, again, it's not at this point about the fish anymore. What does Peter do? He falls on his face before God, and he says, please leave me, Lord, for I am a sinner. He, he, see, in this moment, when you take that single itty-bitty act of faith, that, 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 that don't believe completely, that don't behave just right, but yet because he says so, and you, you say, I trust you, God, in that moment what you do is you realize who he is, and you begin to realize who you are in Christ Jesus in that moment. And so that itty-bitty act of following Christ, that, that third step in this faith journey of following him is that, listen, I'm not asking you to do something radically out of the world. I'm asking you to do the same thing you've done a thousand times, but just this time, do it my way. Do it my way. And I love it. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Don't be afraid. This is what Jesus says. You're listening to me say, man, please be still and listen to me. Jesus is saying to him, you see, now, you see, now you can trust me. Now, Peter, you can trust me. I have a plan for your future. All you got to do is follow me. All you got to do is follow me. All you got to do is have that itty-bitty, tiny ounce of faith. It's not cutting all things and saying, well, I'm, I'm going to be a monk now. I'm going to live in a cave somewhere. And I'm just going to read the Bible. And I'm going to never shave and I'm never going to bat. Some of you would like amen to that. But, but I, I, it's not all of that. It's stages. It's a process. Sanctification is a process. And it starts by being informed. And you've heard the word of God. And then some of you have got to be inconvenienced. It's time to, to give him your life. It's time to say, here's my boat. And even though I don't understand it all, even though I don't got it all figured out and I don't behave right, I, I still cuss and chew and run with those that do. But yet, God, just because you say so, God, I'm, I'm going to do what I've always done. But this time I'm going to do it your way and the miraculous catch. And it will recognize who you are and you will recognize who he is and absolutely will change your life and he has a future for you and just because you're here and not here yet does not mean that he's not working in your life and that you don't have a future stage four step four it says that then then he left his nets Boats, family, and then followed him. Now, God's not saying that I want you to do anything radically different. We've got this, right? I want you to do the same thing you've always done. But I want you to try this time doing it my way. So let's let this invitation be just like every other invitation, but this time let's, let's just try to do it God's way. And let's, let's, for some of you, 
You're, you are on stage three, ready for stage four. For some of you, you're at the place where you absolutely need to leave everything. And what that means is not necessarily all these items. It means that you say to God, here's my life. It's yours. I trust you. Because, see, the issue is trust. The issue is not fish, not behavior, not beliefs. It's trust. For some of you, that's the next step. For some of you, it's just like next week when we put the tank up here. For some of you, it's, it's that next step. You need to go public with your faith. You need to say and have one of our shirts, and not because it's our shirt, but it's, it's so funny how this thing come about. I am one. You need to declare to the world, hey, he's Lord of my life. I don't fish for the bass anymore. I fish for souls now. Oh, I may still get in my bass boat and go fishing, but this time when I get out on the lake with the others, we're going to talk about Jesus at some point. You may not get a new marriage in the sense of the physical realm. That will follow, I promise. But he's not asking you to change. He's not asking you to change your status. He's asking you to do the same thing you've always done. But this time, do it his way. You imagine, you imagine what would have happened if two years ago today, or really months before that, we would have said, no. We're not going to, no, we can't do this. You imagine the lives that would not have been changed. You imagine the salvations. I mean, I, I, I mean, can you even stop for a moment to understand the impact that you've had in this community? Don't, don't go by numerical numbers because who cares about that? <laughs> I know some people do, but who cares about that? All right? Imagine the impact you're having, the people you've helped, the bills you've paid, the things you've built the baptisms you've seen, the indwelling and filling of the Holy Spirit to see lives change. I mean, I can even be just as bold and as blank to say this to watch Selena and her family come to faith and even go further back than that and then trek it on down and now have a niece of hers in my home. You tell me God doesn't have a plan for your life? Oh, it may feel like it's an inconvenience. But someone taught me long ago, well, Joel, if you always do what you've always done, well, you'll always get what you've always got. For some of you, aren't you tired of getting the same old crap day in and day out? When Jesus simply says, I'm not asking you to change anything. I'll do that. I'm just asking you to come do it my way. Stop putting off proclaiming Jesus as king audibly and physically and just surrender everything. You don't have to have it all figured out. Thank God. You don't have to behave right. He'll do that. What's your next step? You see, let me, let me do. Band, will you please come? Will you stand to your feet, please? I want you to stay really focused here because we're not done. Please stay really focused. Oh, see, if, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll look at these, you'll look at these stages. Say amen if you're listening. Please, God Almighty, don't quench the spirit. You will look at these stages, and you will look at them, and, and you will say, well, this is a grading scale. And you, you will right now, or you have, as I was preaching, feel, felt like a failure because you're not on this stage, or you should be on this stage, or you started here, and, and, and now you're sucking your thumb, and you hadn't started walking yet. Or, or it, it, No. The, the question is this, and it's going to be the same question every week. Are you following Jesus? And if you're following Jesus, 
What's your next step? Not my next step. What's your next step? And that could be uniting with this church. Baptism. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you got it. You understand. What little you do understand, you're willing to say, yes, I will trust Jesus with my soul. And so you need to be saved. So it's not a grading scale. It's simply, are you following him? And if you're following him, where are you on the journey? And what's your next step? Thank you for listening to the One Community Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us for worship, our service begins at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Or check us out on the web at onechurchsc.org. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We hope you have enjoyed this message and may God bless.